Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. All right, y'all, greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up here, and hopefully you caught the live stream. Uh, we are talking about the family needs an AD, and some of the recruiting practices uh, on the Hill have been going pretty awesome. And I also gave a quick South Carolina State preview. But as y'all know, the YouTube is meant to be shorter. It's a 30-minute thing that's easily consumable. The normal podcast is what it is. And... Man, FAMU Volleyball has been able to pull up some, pull in, I should say, some recruits within the past couple of weeks. And I didn't get to talk about them just because everything goes on and whatnot. And partially because I do like having a guest on here every couple of weeks because I want y'all to hear a new voice. I, I, I like my voice, but I feel like it is nice to hear somebody new and somebody different. But two of those players were Jada Taylor. She is the 2021 SWAC Libero of the Year. She's a 5'5 defensive specialist. And for one of the few coaches that that have not been affected by the departure or lack of an athletic director for over a month, uh, it's good to see what the volleyball team and the football team, as well as the basketball teams, are doing. They've been continuing to pull in talent. And when you're pulling the player of the year from another school, that's speaking very kind and very nice about your product that you put on the field, especially considering she saw pretty much one year of FAMU athletics. She may have seen us in other places, but face to face and decided, hey, this is a better deal, especially after considering what took place at Grambling. We all know what happened with the scholarships and that fiasco that that has been over there. So now you get one of their best players to join an already stacked roster. It's going to be a good season, y'all. It's going to be a fun season, and I, for one, look forward to seeing us do more with that. We also got Nina Sharpton. She is a 5'10 athlete from Park Vista Community High School, but she transferred from NC State, and she was pretty good at NC State. She actually was a retired player, and she comes out of retirement to play volleyball at FAMU as a setter, and it's cool, man. That's that that to me is something that I'm continuing to see with our volleyball program. Family volleyball has been really good for a very long time, and for I for one feel the need to con- continue to re- reiterate that and to be able to highlight when we do have programs that are doing well. Family volleyball has been good for the better part of two or three decades. The only law we had is when the coach left and the president kind of highlighted the need to focus on recruiting locally. We did that and the coach has gotten better. So great things coming out of FAMU volleyball and just FAMU athletics overall. Um, 
I, I, I like FAMU athletics, so that's why I do this podcast. But I also have high hopes in FAMU athletics. But I also provide realistic hopes and expectations about FAMU athletics. I ain't gonna say you know BS. Um, yeah. That being said. FAMU also has been doing a lot as far as with the football program. And I'm behind on all of the offers that FAMU has done uh, just because I am a teacher in my regular job. I do podcasting and covering FAMU athletics on the side and we are getting ready for the school year. And I had COVID. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm just getting my energy back and getting my, getting my swing back. But I'm going to swing hard tomorrow evening and get caught up and post all those student athletes that have, been offered and committed and that saying saying that means that FAMU's football program has been really one of the bright spots in a very frustrating time period right now uh, we've offered a lot of student athletes one of which is Chris Parsons and Chris Parsons if you're not familiar Chris Parsons is a four-star quarterback He's six foot, 200 pounds from Ravenswood High School out of Brentwood, Tennessee. He's a four star prospect. He was previously committed to Florida State and he was like the primary quarterback recruit for about a year. He committed last year to Florida State. And the question, even within the FSU ranks was, was he going to stay committed to Florida State? Because the word came out and. If you don't believe me, go listen to shows like the Noel cast. It's a great podcast. Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, they do awesome. I am no way affiliated with them, but I am a fan uh, and of other podcasts. But they mentioned earlier that they weren't sure if he was going to stay. And once FSU started courting other quarterbacks, that they were fairly sure Chris Parsons would decommit. FSU starts heavily courting other quarterbacks to the point to where they had two signed, uh, two not signed, but two offered and more than that and one that was on the verge of committing and Parsons pretty much decommits fairly soon after and this is an opportunity for FAMU to get in there Parson is six feet he throws a pretty decent ball but he he just like any person has areas where he can work on there are no perfect people even Peyton Manning had to work at it but Parsons actually he showed a little something he had the elite 11 camp about three weeks ago two to three weeks ago and he won one of the competitions there. And around that time is when he earned his four star. Previously, he was like three stars, kind of on the verge of being four. Then he became a four star. And right now, the word is that schools like SMU are looking at him. And that, to me, gives FAMU hope. I don't think we get him. But if a school like Southern Methodist is chasing him, then that means we may have a chance. Now, the difference is they got money we ain't got. If you want to see how, just look at the Pony Excess um, docuseries or documentary that ESPN did for 30 for 30, where it talks about the extends, the extends that they went to to try to be a good football program, ultimately culminating in them getting the death penalty. And now a lot of the things that they did then are now legal because of NIL. Don't think some of those people with some of that money aren't going to try and bring the program back. And I believe, and I, I could be misspeaking here, but I'm pretty sure Eric Dickerson uh, kind of hinted at that, that once NIL comes into play, we're going to try to get Southern Miss back on the map. It's, it's, the, it's the main school in Dallas, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's a school he ends up to. He is a native Texan, if I remember correctly. He was in Texas before he moved to Tennessee. When he was at Florida, when he first committed to Florida State, he had just moved to Tennessee. 
Another student is Brandon Jacob. It is hard not to put that S on there. He is a 6'2", 170-pound safety athlete, DB, from Maynard Evans. If you're from Orlando, we just say Evans. We don't nobody. If you ask anybody, where's Maynard Evans? They're going to be like, I don't know. Evans High? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Civil Star. He's, he plays over there. His head coach is Kennard Lang, so pretty good, pretty good chops there. He's a 2024 prospect, four-star guy, and he's got quite a bit of offers. I, I'm i not sure. I'm, I'm just not. Y'all know me. I don't lie to y'all about this whole recruiting thing. I'm, I'm just going to keep it a buck with you at all times. We'll see. Um, other one is Mylon Graham, six foot, 170 pound. Another guy. He's from New Haven High School in New Haven, Indiana, another 2024 prospect. And you're seeing FAMU is working on those 2024s. We're not just working on the 23s. We are getting that next class ready and exposing exposing them to the FAMU culture. And one of the things that I think we can glean from what Jackson State did last year with Travis Hunter was homecoming and the powerful display that homecomings can be. And you partner homecoming with NIL and coaching experience and all of a sudden you have a powerful force that allows you to be able to recruit players that you probably would not have gotten at previous times it's a lot of words with the letter p in them but i think it's a real thing we had james coleman on the show a few weeks ago and he was talking about kind of what he was having to do and how he was trying to help out isaiah land and if we're able to partner with individuals who are willing to pontificate how important it is to have a strong NIL program, then we're going to see some of the benefits of that going forward. And it's going to potentially roll back into the program because you then, once these students get these NIL deals, they draw attention to the program. Maybe they become successful. They give back alumni, 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 alumni. Uh, Another one, Kendall Bannister, 5'10", 165-pound DB from Freedom High, not Freedom High Orlando, but in Woodbridge, Virginia, class of 2023 prospect. And FAMU's also had several signings. One was AJ, is AJ Davis. He's a 6-foot, 215-pound transfer from Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh, but he's from Lakeland High School, so he's a dreadnought. FAMU got another guy from Lakeland High School, though. They, we got a DB slash running back he's really an athlete and he could be a crazy punt returner from the university of florida about two days ago we also got a receiver from virginia state so family recruiting has been really hot and crazy within the past really two weeks uh, just to see like the juxtaposition between the instability that we have at athletic director con- going against the hot recruiting bed that has been both football, basketball, volleyball has been nuts. And it's been a really interesting, excuse me, interesting thing to see. So we're going to take a break there, y'all. I, oh, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Fangs Up. All right. Thank y'all for coming back. Uh, family basketball, again, as I mentioned, has been really awesome as far as recruiting wise. The product on the field, on the court, Meh, meh, meh. More women's basketball. Men's basketball was actually pretty good this year. I mean, considering. But we got a commitment. Tarek Asa, 6'7", He's a transfer. And that's a good size. 6'7", 
that's that shooting guard, small forward size on a lot of teams, and that's that's good size. That that's that uh, Johnny Morang size. That's a guy that can make a difference. And if Fam, you can continue to stockpile that kind of height and size on the on the men's basketball team, it's gonna benefit a lot. We also had the women's basketball team who's been dropping a bunch of recruits out there as far as offers. FAMU's women probably did about, in the past week, about four or five offers. And, I mean, it's it's what we need. FAMU women's basketball this past season was not a great product to, to watch. I mean, it was pretty god-awful, if we're being honest. But there are reasons for that. It's not just because coach doesn't like the program or yada 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 it's just it kind of is what it is i mean we saw that uh for instance today we saw tyra brown and actually a couple days before today she was one of the students that was offered and coach pillow is trying to rebuild that basketball room like that's something that can't be understated and can't be overlooked like she's addressed the elephant in the room that we aren't very good she's done it on shows and whatnot and at the same point, her addressing it doesn't change it, but her doing something about it to me is what changes everything. And that is to me what stands out. That's what I can appreciate. I can always appreciate when you know there's a short shortcoming and you actually do something about it. She she's seeing there's a problem. Three, four wins is not enough. And she's gonna do her due diligence right now to try to get some more players in there. So I'm good for it. I, I'm 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 happy with it. I can take that. Like, I'm, I can go with that. And that's something that I think last season as a fan, it struck. It was a struggle to watch because we weren't. We were not only winning, not winning games. We were getting mollywopped, and that's something that continues to be a point of emphasis. I think for her at least, and to hopefully see some improvements from that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's just me though. Uh, also though, FAMU facilities has been really awesome. We have a new press box. If you didn't look uh, online, check the FQ FAMU Twitter page. If you are not, what are you doing? Please check that out. Um, things up. I don't put it on our Twitter page as much just because that page is really dedicated more so to the podcast. Um, but and to the production of like all the different media stuff that I occasionally create or try to create for all the recruits and stuff. But we have some renderings and shout out to uh, coach Yeoman from link from Lincoln and the other people who have shared the photos of the press box from far away. It does look like a double wide trailer when they were putting it in. I'll give you that. But when you look at the stadium view, it actually looks pretty endearing. It fits. It works, and it also gives the possibility of expanding. I, for one, felt like you could extend the press box across the western side of the stadium and then potentially also put one in the north side of the stadium. So that's just me. That's my two cents. I'm going to let y'all have it at that. We also have the Boudreaux box, which is really the, the new name for the fancy cooling area for the student-athletes. And... Hopefully that gets used properly. Um, that was that could easily be something where somebody pulls a prank and somebody gets hurt. Let's hope we have an adult monitoring that because it's meant to help the students recover. And if you are not in 
athlete. Heck, if you're not a Floridian, you don't understand how hot it is. I literally moved some boxes from my car, from out from the house to the car in the garage this morning. And I was sweating. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, it's that hot here in Florida. It's that humid, especially in Tallahassee. The humidity is normally 80, 90. Like, it's it's stupid hot. And this is just a way that our student athletes can recover faster. And they need that because otherwise they're not going to be able to perform. It puts their health at risk. But we also talked, we also heard talk, especially from Isaiah Land, where he was mentioning how the heat became an advantage for them. Conditioning wise, FAMU had no problems. There was no game where the FAMU football team was just tired at the end of the game. You just, there was no game where it was just like, oh, well, they just burnt out. Now, there's, there's a game or two we got our butt whooped, really won. But there's no game where you're just like, oh, man, these guys don't look like they, they're conditioned. Like, no, nah, they look well conditioned. That Florida sun is being used. And it's going to continue to need to be used. It's an advantage because when you're practicing 80, 90 degrees, your body accumulates or acclimates differently than it would if you were not. I, for one, I ride my bike here. There's a bike trail by my house. I literally ride the bike sometimes five miles, 10 miles. By the, and within a few weeks, I literally lost 10 pounds. It just from riding the bike. I didn't change my eating habits. I didn't go to the gym. I haven't been to the gym in months. But literally just riding my bike and doing it in this Florida heat, the weight melts off. And my endurance improved when it comes to doing certain things. I'm, like, oh, I'm not as tired as I normally am. So, hmm. Some some really cool things there. Also, um, man, I, I put it on wax, man. Right now, we got a whole Twitter dispute going on about firing the president. Not going to lie to y'all. I'm not here for it right now. The guy, he has his bag. Athletics ain't it. Encourage the guy to get hire somebody who's strongly going to focus on athletics and go get out the way. Like... I see where, you know, hey, he's supposed to cover everything. He don't do everything well. I can cook. I can cook my, I can cook my butt off. I don't make rice. I just don't ask me why. I can make French food, Cajun food, Southern food, English food. I can't flip and make rice. Dude's not going to be good at everything. And obviously, athletics is something he don't give a darn about. So... Uh, hopefully we get a strong athletic director where he can just move, push out the way. I mean, I hate to use the example, but I love what Florida State's doing. The president's no longer up there <laughs> acting like P. Diddy in a video, dancing and act, and trying to be involved. No, that's all dealt with by the athletic director. We need a strong athletic director. Uh, and I'm going to skip my little segue. Uh, and we're going to just go ahead and go inside the den. Fam, you needs a strong athletic director. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hear what coach, what Larry Robinson is not going to do. I'll give a flying fuck about that. Just being real. Like, I don't care about that. Don't tell me what he's not going to do. I'm telling you what we need. That's like me going to a grocery store and you telling me what I can't. Hey, you just said you can't make rice. Cool. Guess what? Give me some rice. I don't make good rice, but guess what? I still want rice with certain foods. Just because I don't do it well doesn't mean I don't need it. We need a strong athletic director, whether or not Larry Robinson is going to give a flying hell about it and 
going to allow someone to be a strong athletic director is not an argument we should have. The argument should be we need one. Whether or not he's going to try to let somebody be strong or not is irrelevant because was Courtney a, a, a strong athletic director? Yes. Were there issues with Courtney Gilshay? Absolutely. All right, am I going to besmirch the man's name on the radio? Hell no. That's that's rude. And yeah, I just cursed. But I'm just being real. Don't tell me what he's not. Tell me what we need. Tell me what, what you need and I'll fix it. I'll deal with the person not that doesn't want me to do whatever. That's fine. Milton Overton left. That's great. That was not Larry Robinson's fault. That was partially on the alumni. That was partially on the mixture and the weird thing we have we had going on with the boosters and this and so many extra organizations that had so many different interests. Just saying, like, so yeah, fam, you needs a new AD and we need a strong athletic director. I'm saying that. I'm not arguing about what Larry Robinson is with anybody. I'm not. I, I, I'm just not. I don't. I'm not going to hit the conspiracy theories, any of that stuff. I'm saying we need a strong athletic director because we've seen what happens when you have a strong person. When you have someone who is allowed to have a measure of autonomy to who is allowed to grow. And granted, Gaucher had never been an athletic director at a university or a college before. This is his first time. He really did a great job carrying out a lot of the visions that Milton Overton left behind. Milton Overton left a great blueprint. Just saying, you had two really good rock stars at it. Overton leaves. Gaucher leaves. I don't know what Michael Smith is. And that's because I don't know him. I'm not doubting the guy. I don't know him. But I don't want to hear about what Larry Robinson ain't. It's like you telling me on the basketball court that I can't shoot. That's great. I cannot shoot. I'm not a great basketball player. But guess what? If I'm trying to go up there and play 21, hey, let's just get a game in. We need a strong athletic director. We need somebody who's going to build those connections. Someone's going to be aggressive. If you look at the things that they have stated in the article and check the Tallahassee Democrats article about FAMU's athletic director search. And when you read it, it comes, you're come, you're going to come to find out we ain't done it. We haven't done a blessed thing. We had a party. And at the party, they meet with the company and the company gets a, a view of the culture of FAMU. And that's cool. That's cute. But that ain't efficient. I don't like cute. I don't dress up. I'm sorry. I'm not one of these dudes that's going to put on a three-piece three suit just to look cute at some event and spend $5,000 to do it. I'm not. I just won't go. But guess what? You invite me to something else and I can spend the 50 Okay, cool. I'll hang out with you, dance, sh you know, shucking job, all kind of stuff. But we got to start with the cute and get with the efficient. And if Larry Robinson is not going to do it, I agree with some of the other pundits. He needs to get out of the way and he's, he needs to be told, hey, dude, if you're not going to do this, get out the way. Show him how it's hurting the university and keep it moving. Because one thing he loves is the data and the numbers that show that FAMU is becoming a great academic institution. He's trying to make FAMU a tier one institution. And it's obvious. Look at the GPAs to get into FAMU. A lot of us wouldn't have got in. 
on on Larry, none of a lot of us would not have gotten to FAMU. Larry Robinson said in a town hall himself, Larry Robinson would not have gotten to Florida A&M University. He said that he admitted he wouldn't let himself in the university. But we have so many students applying to the university that we literally have to turn them away. And you have the <laughs> person over there giving excuses why they're turning people away, saying they're trying to give financial aid to people out of state. I ain't gonna lie, so many people don't need no darn financial aid. That's a whole story for a different we're gonna get to that at the end of the show. So again, I don't I don't wanna talk about what Larry Robinson won't do won't do. Tell me what we need. And I welcome some of our pundits, Bobby Swope, I welcome you to have a conversation because on Twitter it's not gonna it's not gonna go well. Cause I saw you put the BS thing and I was like, BS to what? Like, oh, I thought you were talking about what I was saying with the financial aid piece because, baby, you don't want that. None of y'all want, a lot of y'all don't want that. Like, financial aid-wise, you're not going to mess with me unless you're working in financial aid. Like, I'm, I'm confident in my skills. But when it comes to, like, oh, yeah, I don't want to hear about what Larry Robinson is not. And I'm welcoming you to the, hey, let's have a joint podcast. We can talk. We can converse. But I'm just going to tell you up front, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to sit up here and bash Larry Robinson for an hour. That's not, that's not what I do. I don't publicly bash people like that. I don't, I I openly said (laughs) 10 wins for our basketball coach is fine for me. Why? I'm not going to bash coach pillow because I watched her. I listened to what she said. And then I turn around and watch the games and I'm like, we got six people playing this game. We're going to get our butts kicked. I watched the softball program. Coach Wiggins last season wasn't great, but I love Coach Wiggins. The new coach comes in, I see improvement. Okay. Improvement's not direct and linear. It's not going to be you go from three wins to 20 wins. Like At a certain point, you got to stop being a, be a realist. Like Be a realist. You got to be real about what FAMU is. FAMU has facilities-wise. Apples to apples, we're behind. I like I had to clean that up as I stated it. We're behind. Go to UNF, go to the University of West Florida. Hell, come come here to Orlando, check UCF. Go to D Land and check Stetson. Hell, go to Cookman and check their baseball stadium. More Kittles Fields behind. If you really hate what Shoop's doing that much, go fund him some some real baseball stuff. We just got a turf field the coaches were fixing the field. Like I'm here for what you're for what I want to hear, but I want to hear realistic expectations. Don't tell me what you think fam. You should be. Don't we should be championship level in all sports. I agree. But with what backing a $9 million athletic budget ain't going to do it. But guess what? Complaining that enrollment is low but then complaining that there's no housing when we take in a record freshman class is not looking at the fact that we took in more students. We're trying to address the enrollment issue, but some of the stuff we're doing ain't right. So again, I welcome, welcome to the conversation. I, I know your chats aren't open. Mine are open. So message me because I'm willing I'm here. Um, message me in my chat because yours is close. Message me and say, hey, what time's a good time? I know you said anytime. 
I shoot Tuesdays, Tuesdays, I mean, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays. And Thursdays are normally when I exclusively focus on FAMU. Sundays, I have a guest. I'm good for a Sunday. Not this Sunday, but I'm good for a Sunday. Definitely before the season. Let's have the real conversation. Let's let's say you go on a Larry, you go on a Larry rant. I'm going to let you have it and be like, dude, you can go on by Larry. I can't fire him. I can't. And as an alumni, I'll be real. I'm cool with the fundraising efforts. But I'm just saying, you can't fire your way out of this problem. We don't have that kind of resource to carry that kind of dead money. Like at a certain point, you got to be realistic about where you are as a program and where you can get to. Now, where you can get to is not where you are at. And if you don't have the vision to see that, where you're that, then it's going to be a problem. But right now, firing a lot of people and carrying a lot of dead weight when you're not actively looking to increase the athletic budget because one, you don't have a strong athletic director two, you don't have a president who really values athletics. It's a problem. And it's going to continue to be a problem until you have someone either move out the way or someone step in and the likelihood of Larry Robinson stepping down is slim and none right now because they like what he's doing academically. They could give a damn about our sports programs. Like it's just being real. Like what school do you know where the president is actively involved in athletics and trying to be the athletic director and the president? Last time I saw that it didn't work well. Last time I saw that it was Florida state TK Weatherall. You remember that that experiment didn't go well. Anyways, y'all, we're going to take a break. There. I spent too much time on that. We're going to finish up and we're going to talk about the South Carolina State preview. And yeah, we're going to finish the show with that. All right. Stings up. All right, y'all, we're going to finish with the South Carolina State preview. Um, man, this game last year. OK, it was a fun game to watch because we kicked our butt. But if you try to rewatch it online, it might have just been my television. The volume kind of went out at the halftime. Just saying, wish somebody could help brother out because, you know, after the 100 came off the field, it would be nice to kind of, you know, get a little more of that commentary about us laying the smack down them dogs. But last year, we, we beat them handedly. The game wasn't even close. And that, that's part of the reason, me personally, I struggle when people like South Carolina State was the best HBCU this season because they won the Celebration Bowl. I mean, that's cool, but I didn't see it on the field. They lost a lot of games. They beat Jackson State, but all right, cool, whatever. Um, You can have that. I'm going to let you have that. But one of the things from South Carolina State, this year it's an away game. And if you've not followed the FAMU South Carolina State, I want to call it a rivalry series because we're not really rivals like we're not really rivals unless both teams are good then we're rivals but if one is better than the other it's just a game and even a halftime show it's not a rivalry we kind of compliment each other they're very respectful but it it don't get nasty too much Uh, that game in orangeburg is different though like playing in orangeburg is always just so freaking frustrating like Something about the crowd, the fans. It's just playing South Carolina State and Buddy Pugh in that stadium. 
I think it's Oliver C. Dawson Stadium. It's just different. And the stadium's not tiny. It's about 24, 25,000, about the size of Bragg. But the stadium's configurations are somewhat different where you're kind of, you have fans on all four sides of you. And it can it can become a tough place to play. And I, I just don't know. Is it the travel? What it is about it? But that traditionally is a game that FAMU fans can look at and be like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to watch this one because it might be a tough get. But last year's game, we won that game because of turnovers. I, I'm just going to be real with you. We won the turnover battle. We dominated it. It wasn't even close. Rashawn McKay looks sharp. We got Savian Williams back. That was his first game of the season, according to the commentators when I was listening and when I had sound. And our secondary showed out. Like even the receiver showed out because all McKay's balls were not on the money. And that's me. That's not me speaking ill of the guy. It's just, it's sports, y'all. Like no quarterback is going to put every pass right in the perfect place. Some of them will put, put it close, but very few of them are going to put it right there in the sweet spot where you can catch it every time. Very seldom. I shouldn't say no, but extremely seldom. Even Peyton Manning had some balls where the receivers had to jump and catch them. Look at the Marvin Harrison uh, video. I said Marvin Henderson, Lord, uh, retired teachers in OCPS. I mean, Leon County, but yeah, like, so a couple of his passes were off. And really, with the receivers that FAMU has, it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. And I didn't notice that DB from South Carolina State in that game. I don't know if he didn't play. I'm not sure what happened there. But it was just our receiving core. And that one of, one of the things that FAMU has this season, as they have it for the past couple of seasons, is a very deep receiver receiving room and a receiving group. The past couple of years, it's really been three main guys. But this year, we got about four or five receivers that they're going to get your attention. And that's something that is going to be important. But it's also going to be just as important that we get the running game going. And that was something I personally noticed in that South Carolina State game. There was a heavy focus on running the ball. We definitely made sure that Bishop Bonnet got the ball. I believe Terrell Jennings gets the ball early in the game and breaks like a 20, 30 yard run. Like we imposed our will for a lot of that game. I think that's something that's going to lend itself very well. I think that also plays somewhat into South Carolina state's wheelhouse. But what we know of South Carolina state is they normally have a very good defense aggressive. And they're one of those teams that they may not always have a great passing game, but what they do well is they manage the game. Like Buddy Pugh is a great game manager. I, I'm not going to lie to you. If, if I had a lead and I had to pick a coach and I'm like, all right, these, this is the talent I have. I got a lead. I want Buddy Pugh because you know what he's going to do. His team is built to run. He's going to eat up the clock. I remember during the Orange Blossom Classic watching the game, I called my cousin. I was like, cuz, Jackson State's losing. I think South Carolina State's going to win this game. He's like, yeah, He's like, because you know what they're about to do, right? We're like, run the ball. Yeah. Buddy P, Buddy P knows how to choose the clock. Like, just saying. He, he, he knows how to do it. He's really good at it. Um, just saying. Like, when you think about it, the guy is really good at it. He's He excels at creating a run scheme and whatnot. His... Best players that tend to get drafted are defensive linemen. <laughs> like, 
Dude knows what the heck he's doing with with an offensive and defensive lineman. And I tell you what, it's great to have had that conversation with Mr. Tyrone Sapp, Coach Sapp, last week because, or earlier this week, because he exposes that. Like he exposed that in the conversation that the knowledge of an offensive lineman can transfer over to a defensive lineman. And that's why you see people like Hargraves and all these other players come out of South Carolina state and get drafted because that offensive and defensive line is something that is very important to buddy Pugh and something that he takes to heart and something that is a focus of that program. So, um, it's, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see that game and how things turn out. Me personally, I really would love to see us play that game in a manner that we stay on schedule and also where we are able to – I want to mix the run in the pass. I, I, I do want that, but I don't want us to become overly aggressive. Uh, that's just me. Uh, I can definitely see – and it, it's just it's it's a thing like average per game South Carolina State rushed for 136 yards per game they passed for 206 yards per game what does that tell you not a lot of explosive plays they finished 7 and 5 last season meaning they weren't world beaters like they weren't and trying to pull up their website, but for some reason I keep trying to go to schedule. And when I go to tickets, it I go there. It keeps wanting to pull up tickets, and I'm obviously not trying to buy tickets to South Carolina State football games. But their losses were Alabama A&M. That was a one point loss, 42-41, close game. The game against New Mexico State, 43-35, another close one. The FAMU game that was a blowout, 30 to seven. Then their next loss was to North Carolina A&T. That was a 10-point loss, and then they won the rest of their game. So in their losses, outside of the Clemson game, you got a one-point loss. You got a eight points, eight-point loss, 43-35, and they traveled to Las Cruces, New Mexico for, for that one. The FAMU game is 23 points. They got Molly Watt. And then the A&T game was a 10-point loss. So... And not a lot of crazy losses. And they beat the Thunder out of Jackson State, like 31-10. That's, and if you watch the game, it, it got away from Jackson State kind of late. And yeah, yeah. So we're going to see because uh, they, they got a couple games this year. They they are going to be here in the city beautiful playing UCF. And uh, that's going to be a beating. I'm, I'm not going to lie. They got UCF. Then they get uh, NC. A&T State. No, I'm playing. They play North Carolina uh, A&T. Then they're going to play USC and then FAMU. And then they get University of Virginia Lynchburg. So this is another time where FAMU's FAMU's game against their opponent is at a opportune time for us. Because coming off the South Carolina game is either good or bad. Because Buddy Pugh, they're not going to keep up score-wise. and I mean, they, they just they don't have the athletes. I, I really want to, like, no-sell it. But South Carolina State doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of beating South Carolina unless a whole lot of things happen in their favor, and I don't see it happening. Uh, UCF, another one. That's going to be a blowout. That, that yeah, Gus Malzahn is going to run that quick pace offense. He's going to wear out South Carolina State. The Bethune-Cookman game is going to be another beat-em-up game. That's going to be a physical game. Their, Coach Sims is a... 
defensive coach at heart. That game's going to be very physical. Don't be surprised if Cookman wins that game. Like, y'all sleeping on BCU, and I gave them too much last year because I didn't realize how much they lost. Coach Tim's a good coach. Um, then they got A&T, and A&T, I don't know what they got this year, but that's a rivalry. Then they got South Carolina. Like, you got a lot of real physical games before you get to FAMU. And then FAMU's physical. Like, what the heck were you doing when you scheduled this game, this this little schedule right here? Like, hmm. But like, it could be very easy for South Carolina State to have one, two, three losses coming into this game. They could be one and three or zero oh and four. Like, easily. So you're going to have a very hungry and pissed off team coming in to brag and it's a two o'clock kick is what it says. Oh my God. I mean, not and a brag in Orangeburg, which actually might not be that bad. Like it, it's probably going to be like 70, 80 degrees, which is cool. Which is cool. Uh, wear garnet day for them. Uh, wear orange or green. Um, so yeah, let's wear green that game. Maybe white, but that, that for me, I think it could be a good game. I think it'd be exciting. Um, I think, I think FAMU wins. I think it's 28-17. I think it's closer than a lot of people think. That's just me. I don't think that South Carolina State is going to get blown out again because I don't think they make all those turnovers. I mean, some of those interceptions were egregious. I do think FAMU has a talent advantage. I have not seen or heard a lot about South Carolina State as far as on the transfer portal. But one thing about Buddy Pugh is he develops talent. Like that That's one thing you cannot argue against him you can't say he doesn't do he develops talent and he gets the most of his talent like he consistently is going to get a winning record and they're going to do well i mean it's kind of is what it is like they are what they are and so 28 17 is the score i'm going to give you for that one i think the reason i have famu in this game is just because i don't know who our quarterback's going to be I do feel like if McKay is the quarterback, the score is a little lower, but your chances of turnovers are also decreased. I feel like if Moose is your quarterback, your points go up, but your turnovers go up. I feel like Moose is a little more of a gunslinger and just a little more aggressive. That's just from watching the spring game and other things. Um, that's just my two cents with that. So, again, I got this as another fam you win. If you are keeping track, which I haven't been, <laughs> that would mean family would beat South Carolina State. We would also beat Mississippi Valley. I have us defeating Alabama A&M. I have us getting all Benny State and giving them that work. Um, I don't think we destroy them, but I think it's a pretty, pretty nice win. And then I think for the Jackson State game, I want to say that I have us winning no no no. i got 21 13 on that game so uh so yeah 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 i I want us to beat jackson state in the worst of ways like i'm not gonna lie to you though i think with our recent acquisitions in the transfer portal and the possibility of those other guys like if we can get isaiah conley in and with the running back we just got from Pitt, family's run game is going to be stupid And one of the things that we're not talking about enough is the ability to exploit the lack of the scholarship limit. Normally, there are 25 scholarships that you can bring in 
per year, 25 scholarship players. They've gotten rid of that for this year. And I believe next year, I could be wrong about that. I talked about it earlier, but um, I've forgotten since. And you're seeing fame. You take advantage of that. We have rebuilt the defensive line. We've rebuilt the offensive line. We had a player just transfer out. He transferred to Flomo, but just saying, um, I think that's a good thing. So I am intrigued and excited to see how this FAMU football program ends. As always, y'all, I appreciate y'all for listening to the show. And as always, let's be things up.